Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts! I'm Robert Evans. <laughs> this is Behind the Bastards. Assemble! Wide awake! Sophie, Sophie is angry at me for that opening. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about all the things you didn't know about terrible people, uh, and we laugh mm. sometimes, too. Uh, we're talking about Mark Zuckerberg. This is part two, so you shouldn't need a normal intro. If you're listening to part two, you saw in the title, this is part two. You know what? You know what's going on here. My guests, as always, on podcasts about Mark Zuckerberg are Jamie Loftus <laughs> and Maggie Mae Fish. Hi, how y'all doing? Oh, we're nice and warm from part one, baby. Warm mm-hmm. from part one, and from the good. delightful internal heating effect of Ugh. Doritos Blaze. Yeah, I feel the furnace deep in my mm-hmm. belly, right next to my uterus. It's just mm. nice. Like... The powder's coursing through my veins, <laughs> clogging my bloodstream. Yeah. I could die at any second. Not clogging, enhancing. Enhancing. Optimizing. Now, oh God, that was a good Dorito. Is there a bad Dorito? No. No. No, no, no there's not. Fantastic. Y'all ready to talk about Marzuck some more? Oh, Let's man. do it. Mar- yeah. Marzuck? Marzuck. Mike Marwin. Four. Mike, that a four. Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> Welcome to Marzuk for someone who gets beaten by a Facebook hate mob, which we'll be talking about in part three. Yeah. Welcome to Marzuk, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so the bloom is well and truly off the rose of Facebook in the wake of the 2016 election. Criticizing the social media company has become so common, as of articles declaring that young people have increasingly left the service behind, that it can be very easy to forget just what a darling Facebook was in its early days. True. I was a tech journalist in the wild and wooly era of 2010, when mm. Facebook was cracking new number mm. milestones every couple of months. I remember when they hit half a billion and eventually a billion. We would all write articles about Facebook. This many people are on Facebook. This is how much time 
you're spending. Look at all this great stuff. Now, there was a lot of excitement about what Facebook might mean for the future back then. For most of the tech media, it lasted right up until the election. I found a Business Insider article from 2015 that illustrates this pretty well. It's titled, The Fabulous Life of Mark Zuckerberg. To give you an idea of its tone, here's a line from the introduction. The Harvard dropout's current net worth is at about $33.4 billion, putting him at number 16 on Forbes' ranking of the world's billionaires. Here's a closer look at the life of the simultaneously down-to-earth yet extravagant CEO. <laughs> now, it's this reporter's opinion that no one worth $33 billion can ever be considered down-to-earth. But hey... Maybe I got some sour grapes. <laughs> it is interesting to me that this seems to be a carefully concocted marketing ploy used by Zuckerberg. The first big book about Facebook's founding, the book that was the basis for the movie The Social Network, was titled The Accidental Billionaires. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. something Cutie he title. wants to push. It is yeah. cute. Yeah. They stumbled into it. Oh, oops. <laughs> oops. Yeah. You I, could be Zuckerberg, oops. too. I wound up with more wealth than most of Africa. Oops. Oopsie toodles. I can't be doing wrong if I'm this successful. If it was, if I just Mr. Magooed my way into a pile of money the size of the Sears Tower, I can't yeah. even grow a beard, guys. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep making fun of his. There's not actually thing. as much cash in Idiot. existence as I have in my bank account. Ha 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 ha. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, uh, the Business Insider article, with all of its flawed and fawning prose, still provides a decent little look at Zuck's early life. It makes a point of really, really going into Mark's bona fides as a legit smart guy. That, mm, mm. he, uh, he <laughs> seems to be very sensitive about his intelligence. I could, I the could. The size of his intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> Interesting. Uh-huh. Fun fact, Maggie, I could, uh -huh. I could taste the anger in your voice when really? you said that. Ooh. Like it was, it was almost like a Dorito. Oh, yeah. almost. Sorry, I literally can't Dorito. stop. It's compulsive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, of the things that I've noticed, like just having immersed myself in Zuckerness, um, <laughs> he is extremely protective of the idea that mm. he is a genius um, on all things and yeah. not just uh, Facebook. So, I mean, I'm, I'm he's it. not in Mensa. Sorry. He's not in oh, Mensa. Yeah. Put him like on Jamie Loftus. Well, yeah. How's that boob thread on Facebook one going? One of us has to. <laughs> oh, I saw the Jump update. <laughs> Mensons love Facebook, to be fair. It's where yeah. they spread all their hate speech. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, it is their platform that they need to have to yeah. do that. Yeah. So, oh, they earned it. They oh. paid $75 to take a test on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, IQ tests are a bastard almost as terrible as Mark Zuckerberg. But. <laughs> That'll be for our Stefan Molyneux episode. Uh, I'm going to read a quote from that Business Insider article about how smart Mark Zuckerberg Great, is. I would love to hear. He wasn't just a computer nerd, though. Zuck loved the classics, the Odyssey, and the like, and he became captain of the high school. Oh, the Odyssey and the, like. yes. <laughs> and the you like. Yes. And the like. Yes. I picture the writer being like, what's the second book? What's the second what's book? What's the second classic book? Uh, well, and, and there was an article that I read that was like, he loves the uh, Greek classics, you know, yeah. like the Aeneid. The Aeneid. We'll be talking about that at Latin. the very end. Yeah. That's a Latin classic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's it is a Latin <laughs> classic. It's actually Roman propaganda <gasps> written by <gasps> Virgil so that he could make the case that Octavian had like a deep connection to like Roman history. Like it was literally a propaganda novel to rewrite oh. Roman history in the image of Octavian after Octavian yeah. destroyed the fucking Republic. So, you like, know, the Greek classics. The Greek classics. <laughs> the Greek classics, like yeah. this Roman propaganda novel. Yeah. I hate Harry Potter culture, but there is a very like, uh, 
like a disgruntled Hufflepuff vibe to, <laughs> to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Like he wants to be in anywhere else. Mark mm-hmm. Huffleberg. Now, uh, the article <laughs> okay, goes through some it. of the gushier, us-worthy details of Zuckerberg's charmed life since starting Facebook. For example, here's what it says about his wedding to Priscilla Chan. Green Day's... <laughs> No! Green Day's Billy Joel Armstrong performed and Mark designed Priscilla's ruby ring himself. Green Day performed at their wedding. And he designed a ring? And and the accidental billionaires makes a point of when it's talking about like the place that everyone at Facebook lived in when they all first moved to California, that they Mm -hmm. were always playing Green Day because they're so into punk rock. They were like, guys, you heard of this record wow. called Dookie? Uh, <laughs> called Dookie? Fucking Green Wait, Day. Wait, what What era? This has to be like post-American idiot. It's got to be, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like 2005. Oh, that that's what, a, how exciting. How exciting. Real exciting yeah, time, time to be a Green Day fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Now, the few details about his life that Mark lets out into the public sphere are carefully curated. He's one of the many Silicon Valley CEOs who takes a token $1 a year salary. You'll always hear that. Uh, Of course, that number ignores what he makes in stock, and it ignores expenses like the $610,454 Facebook spent in 2014 to charter private jets for Mark and his friends. The Business Insider article and many other Prozac pieces I have read make a lot of hay out of the fact that he doesn't drive a fancy car, instead preferring a Volkswagen GTI that only costs $30,000. Now, if you've got the kind of money Mark Zuckerberg has, I don't think you should have it. But if you got it and you're going to buy a car, you're an idiot if you buy a car that anybody can buy. Get a fucking blimp like that Google guy. I At least even, be cool I mean, with it. Yeah. It's fucking... even more sus to get a reg- like, hi, hello, fellow kids. I am just like you. I drive Volkswagen like you. Right. Yeah. Like, are all Volkswagens, you have to tape the gas tank back on. Like, like the, okay, the where, are drops the bo- out. where are the bodies? Yeah. Yeah. Zuckerberg. They're somewhere. Now, while Facebook was expanding and the world was falling in love with Marky Zuck, there were signs that everyone's <laughs> favorite new tech billionaire. <laughs> there were signs that everyone's favorite new tech billionaire was maybe not the nicest dude to be around. Noah Kagan worked for Facebook for nine months in 2005, back when the company was first starting its meteoric rise mm-hmm. to world dominance. Kagan later wrote an ebook that touched on his experiences there. In it, he recalled Mark Zuckerberg pouring water on an engineer's computer after a product demo that he thought looked like, quote, shit. Here's a quote Hmm. from Kagan's ebook. While I don't remember the feature we were working on, engineer Chris Putnam and I had spent almost a month building something we thought Mark would love. He walks to Chris's computer and we demo the product to Mark. Mark thought it was shit. I know so because instead of giving product (gasps) feedback, he screamed, this is shit, redo it, threw water on Chris's computer and walked away. All of us stood around in shock. Kagan also claims that Zuck like far-right gang leader Gavin McGinnis, has a distinct <gasps> fondness for samurai swords. Oh, don't <laughs> they? Of course. Oh, oh. Hey, fucking uh, sword Just guy. open with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We get it oh. now. Dude, I remember my first sword guy. It was before I had the language to identify a sword guy. And I was like, well, I know I feel unsafe, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. It's more than just a general unease that I have. I also feel... Bad for this person. <laughs> he could so easily kill me with yeah. this sword. With his samurai sword that he bought for $45 at a gas station. Yeah. 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 Quote, and bought a stand for it. And bought a stand they for it. They always mm-hmm. buy a stand. Yeah. Well, they need you to They need you to see it. You got to display the that dick. shit. Yeah. 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 What is he going to hide it? Mm-hmm. No. No. No, 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 no. no. Wow. He's like, I want you to know exactly what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> what I would use to kill you. <laughs> hey, I know I look like this guy, but I'm also this guy. Yeah. <laughs> now. 
<laughs> Are you guys ready for the samurai sword story? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's, good. it's pretty good. Story. It's pretty good. This is like when Gaddafi had his astronaut short story. This is the Mark Zuckerberg uh. of that. Quote, he'd walk around with a samurai sword, fake threatening to attack you for bad work. Where the hell he got that samurai sword, who the hell knows? Luckily, no employees were harmed while I was there. He'd come around and pretend to cut you, joking if you take down the site, he'll chop your head off. You have to remember you have a 23-year-old uber nerd running one of the fastest growing sites on the web. As mature as he could be, he was also still immature. He had some great motivational lines. With love, he'd say, if you don't get that done sooner, I will punch you in the face. Or, I will chop you with this huge sword, while holding a huge sword in hand. But with love, guys. Oh, it was oh, just like yeah. a lovingly like. It was like this a loving. I'm gonna cut you with this sword. Wow, <laughs> men in their twenties should have businesses. That's yeah. really We're great makes at a it. A lot of sense. Well, the thing is that he has stunted his growth. Mm-hmm. Like I, he doesn't realize this because he's living his own life. But from an outside perspective, you cemented <laughs> yourself as a 22 year old inept at talking mm-hmm. to people and connecting with people, and you've stopped your life. Well, yeah. as he learned from his uh, later colleague, he should just lean in to oh, that yeah. image You're and right. just go for it. Lean into Crazy a enough, big pile of shit. The next paragraph starts with Cheryl Sandberg. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Let's get to it. I do want to share one story about me when I was 23 years uh-huh. old, just for fairness, so I'm not okay. judging Mark for yeah. immaturity. I vomited down an elevator shaft <laughs> in between oh. the shaft and the wall because I had to puke i was super drunk and i knew okay i have to puke somewhere if i puke in this elevator on other people that's going to be bad that's but when the door genius. opens i can Ooh. vomit down i respect that that's innovative thinking i didn't want it to hurt too many other people yeah. but i realize now as a sober man i really fucked with some repair <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this was a bad weekend for no. <laughs> again not a good person here but better than Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> which is a low bar. Yeah, and also you learned, which... Let's uh, not, not go that oh, okay, far. Oh, okay, okay. I don't want to stealing light bulbs. Just a few I am still a ruined... Ruin of a human being. The Santa but, Monica light bulb yeah. bandit. But I don't. I don't have a business. Like, for good reason. Sophie good manages reason. the podcast. For good reason. Yeah. In 2008, Facebook hired Sheryl Sandberg, the author of Lean In, and yes, generally as queen. slimy as a bucket of Luca. Let capitalism yeah. queen go off. Go off. Hashtag girl boss. Oh my god. The girl boss narrative is my favorite. Narrative. There's a great like, podcast y'all should listen to. It's not on our network, but it's great. It's ooh. called The Dream, and it's about MLMs. And it talks about an MLM that's all based on the hashtag girl boss lean in shit. Mm. Super, super interesting. Yes, mm-hmm. women can yeah. also destroy the world. Yeah, yeah. us yes. too. Us too. We ladies. can eat the planet too. Yeah, we Sophia, can be just as bad. I'm a Russo, go off. Did you guys yeah. hear women are running the CIA now? I oh, did. Hashtag feminist death sites. Yeah. Oh. oh Listen, give us a God. chance to mm-hmm. buy into this power structure. We waterboard with LaCroix now. <laughs> uh, but we still waterboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're Tons of people. We're, we're, we're like, yeah. we're guys, gals. We still waterboard. Yeah. So yeah. Actually, Listen. <laughs> I actually get along better with guys than I do with girls. It's really, it's really weird. I, guess I waterboard like them better, guy. too. Actually, it's just so weird. I'm like, guys, I know, like, I. I'm gonna sound like one of those girls, but I actually like think Mark is really nice, and he's just like yeah. kind of misunderstood. You know what? I like agree with that, and let's shun all other women that disagree with us. <laughs> ugh, they're kind let's of like that. bitchy girls. You yeah, know? like ugh. We shouldn't hire them anyways. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast will not go into nearly enough detail on Miss Sandberg, uh, but we will talk about her in the the future. Yeah. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Uh, At the time, Sandberg's job was to be the adult in the room at Facebook. 
to reassure the investors and the world that this bro-y frat robot suddenly harvesting data from millions of people was being managed by competent, thoughtful human beings who would act responsibly with the great power placed Oof. in their hands. Charles Sandberg does at least a very good impression of a human being. Super good yeah, impression. Yeah, she does a really good job. It's what yes. uh, the new dictator is a mm-hmm. woman with a smile on her face. It's one of her mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, always a white woman with a smile yeah, on her face. Yeah, always a white yeah. woman. Oh, yeah, and the whitest woman. The whitest yes. woman and a big smile. The frontline interview, mm-hmm. one of the representatives that they sent, that's basically all she did was smile and mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, we know. And we're we listening. know. And we're we listening. We know. And we're listening. We know we fucked up. <sighs> we're listening. Mm-hmm. Corporate feminism. Buy soap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> buy soap. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh... Now, in 2006, Facebook introduced the news feed, that infinitely scrolling thingy that has replaced the way roughly 40% of Americans get their news. The timeline was programmed with a distinct preference for controversial content by virtue of the fact that people were most likely to chat about things that made them angry or scared. They were also more likely to share articles that angered or scared them. Ooh, skanked. Skanked. Skanked them. Skanked them. I feel skanky reading this. Did you ever Mm -hmm. skank like in high school, like the ska dance? You know what? Ska is my favorite genre, but I have never been to a show or danced. I felt like for sure you had like busted. I was a not skank. a rude boy, no. Man, but I man. Streetlight Manifesto is maybe my favorite band. They're Fucking great. fantastic band. They're great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's not too late. It's not too late. Not too. Never not too, too late, late to skank. No? Not too. Never too late to skank. <laughs> Thomas Kalnaki, if you're listening, uh, sponsor the show. I don't think you have any money because you're a ska musician. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you but you're great. <laughs> hey, if you're listening. Give us five stars on iTunes. You know what? We'll oh, give yeah. you we'll, we'll give you some money. Yeah, yeah. Get a Dorito. Yeah. Send us your Venmo. <laughs> Send us your Venmo. You might. We feel like you could probably use the help. <laughs> so, uh, when the news feed launched, Facebook also made a change to its privacy policies in order to make the news feed work better. Oh yeah. Here's the New Yorker. Quote. Unless you wrestled with a set of complicated settings, vastly more of your information, possibly including your name, your gender, your photograph, your list of friends, would be made public by default. Now, that New Yorker article was published in 2010 after some of those unpleasant chats between Zuckerberg and his friends uh, about all of his weasel behavior. You know, after all those chats and stuff went public, like mm-hmm. this article came out. The author of the article is a guy named Jose Antonio Vargas, and he's a good journalist, I think. I think it's a good cool. article. He cool. spent some time with Zuckerberg, and when the subject of privacy came up, this happened. And I'm going to quote the entire bit from the article because right. it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Privacy, he told me, is the third rail issue online. A lot of people who are worried, and this is Zuck talking, a lot of people who are worried about privacy and those kinds of issues will take any minor misstep that we make and turn it into as big a deal as possible, he said. He then excused himself as he typed on his iPhone 4, answering a text from his mother. We realize that people will probably criticize us for this for a long time, but we believe this is the right thing to do. Zuckerberg and I talked about the first time I signed up for Facebook in September 2006. Users are asked to check a box to indicate whether they're interested in men or women. I told Zuckerberg that it took me a few hours to decide which box to check. If I said on Facebook that I'm a man interested in men, all my Facebook friends, including relatives, coworkers, sources, some of whom might not approve of homosexuality, would see it. So what did you end up doing? Zuckerberg asked. I put men. That's interesting. No one has done a study on this, as far as I can tell, but I think Facebook might be the first place where a large number of people have come out, he said. We didn't create that. Society was generally ready for that. He went on, I think this is just part of the general trend that we talked about, about society being more open, and I think that's good. Then I told Zuckerberg that. Two weeks later, I removed the check and left the boxes blank. A couple of relatives who were Facebook friends had asked about my sexuality, and, at that time at least, I didn't want all my professional sources to know that I am gay. Is it still out, Zuckerberg asked? Yeah, it's still out. He responded with a flat, huh, dropped his shoulders and stared at me, looking genuinely concerned and somewhat puzzled. Facebook had asked me to publish a personal detail that I was not ready to share. 
Huh. Yeah. I think that's wow. a really interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. bit of insight there. That's a crossroads mm-hmm. for, for Lil Zuck. For Lil Zucky yeah. Zuck. And yeah. I think it points to how stupid I think he is, that yeah. he can't think of other situations yeah. until they're in his face. Like, yeah. until his face is shoved into oh. it. And he also can't seems really like a it. very, like, straight white guy yeah. attitude yeah. of just, like, I mean, I think we come up against this all the time is just, like, stuff that truly didn't occur to him. Like, not even yeah. malicious at this yeah. point. Just, mm-hmm. like, I just... Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I still prioritize my money over your privacy, but that sucks, dude. That's yeah. like a lot of what he says. Yeah. 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 Now, I found this particularly fascinating in light of a Daily Beast article I read back in 2015, How Facebook Exposes Domestic Violence Survivors. The article is, as you'd expect, about a bunch of people whose abusers were able to get in touch with them and start harassing them again because mm. Facebook required those women to use mm-hmm. their real names to start Facebook accounts. Oof. Quote, Of the major social networking services, Facebook alone requires users to use an authentic name listed on an acceptable form of identification, such as a driver's license, a passport, or a bill. LinkedIn's user agreement asks for a real name, but does not specify any required documentation. Twitter, Instagram, and as of 2014, Google Plus all allow pseudonyms. This has also been an issue for transgender people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sex workers as well. Yeah, Yeah. sex workers. Uh A lot of people get, who Mark never considered. And because almost everyone working at Facebook was another white guy, was not no the, one there because yeah. it's yeah. never prioritized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this will be a problem that will crop up when we start talking about the uh, genocide being enabled by Facebook. Mm-hmm. But it's an issue when you run a company this big that impacts the lives of this many people, and you don't hire folks specifically to be like, "Oh, I'm a member of this particular community, and this might be an issue for, say, gay men because you, Mark Zuckerberg, don't realize that this is the thing we have to deal with." Yeah, yeah. It's an online nation, and he thinks that he can be the s- leader yeah. of it without caring about well, any of the people I mean, in it. What don't you learn about the world as the son of a wealthy dentist who goes to Harvard? <laughs> oh my God! An exit. <laughs> oh my God! You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're so uh, right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. He's you're woke. Right. He's, <laughs> he he oh knows. Extremely woke. Yeah. yeah. There, it is crazy that I mean, you would think the second that you have this wide of a reach, you would prioritize uh, getting people with different perspectives in, or it's almost like your product will turn on you. At yeah. Some point. yeah. Well, it's the ego that he has that he yeah. is unwilling to confront and hide at all costs yeah he plays the philanthropist the like i care about the people when join my book club yeah join my book club let's learn together let me listen let me go across the world and listen so you'll elect me for president Um. the only book club i'm interested in joining Mm -hmm. maggie Jamie yeah. is the Doritos book club. Oh, mm. what is it this month? <laughs> it's actually Tribe by Sebastian Young, our fantastic book. Oh, wow. Really good, really good book about PTSD. Oh, good. Oh, Doritos cool. recommends it, too. Thank wow. you, Dorito. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. Um, Ads. It's ads time. Oh, okay. That's what that was a lead into. Mm, Products. Products. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. 
The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back talking about podcast products, services. <laughs> Woo. Facebook. All right, let's get back into it. Mm. For the most part, up through the early aughts, Mark Zuckerberg's brand in most of the world remained quite strong. He was the genius who changed the way the world communicated, and he seemed like such a humble, down-to-earth guy. In 2010, he was even given a guest star role on The Simpsons. He played a bit part. Lisa is trying to convince Nelson to stay in school rather than drop out to focus on his business. They meet Mark Zuckerberg at some sort of expo thing, and he goes on a little rant about how all the great innovators in the tech industry dropped out of school, which is true. Yeah. Now, I'll say this. I think this is another example where it's really easy for a guy like Mark. If you were a coder, fuck college. Which I am. What do you you need to go to college? Well, Jamie's a hacker and 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 all of this, but yeah. It's the same thing like as a writer – you can go. You can get a writing degree and get a journalism degree, but you could also just start writing. And it's the nature of the business that if you get stuff published, that starts your career too. Yeah. It's not like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you're an electrician, kind of got to get some training. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a surgeon, kind of got to go to school. Oh. That's <laughs> right? why we're in faker professions. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're in professions where you can be a f- faker. Yeah. In my yeah. experience, a hacking a fraud. Yeah. In my experience, you someone could be like, so you have a degree in journalism, and you go, aha. Uh-huh. And then they're like, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, You'll never look it up. Do you have up. a degree yeah. in journalism? No. Okay, good. Then you're clearly a journalist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So, anyway, a little rant there. Uh, now, 2010 was a time in which Zuckerberg and his ideas were the toast of Silicon Valley. And what did Mark believe? In 2010, he sat for an interview with TechCrunch. They pressed him on the matter of other people trusting him with their data. Hmm. Quote, 
When I got started in my dorm room at Harvard, the question a lot of people asked was, why would I want to put any information on the internet at all? Why would I want to have a website? And then in the last five or six years, blogging has taken off in a huge way, and all these different services that have people sharing all this information. People have really gotten comfortable not only sharing more information in different kinds, but more openly and with more people. That social norm is just something that has evolved over time. We view it as a role in the system to constantly be innovating and be updating what our system is to reflect what the current social norms are. Mm. I'm not pushing society. I'm changing Facebook right. to adapt to the changing social norm of us selling your data to companies. <laughs> well, the funny thing, I've now realized that Zuckerberg says a lot, like, you know, uh, like, I want to bring the world together. Yeah. Uh, but that is code for I want the world's I, information. Yeah. yeah. I want every single person to be on my website so I have their information, I yeah. have their contacts. I got to steal all of the yeah, Facebook Yeah, I got to steal all of yeah. them. Is, all of them. It is weird to me, like, how long, and I don't know at what point this occurred to you. It took me a long time to figure out what the concept of data mining and big data was and like what it meant because mm. when I was in college I was like well who would want my data I don't have any money mm-hmm. like all I have yeah. is student debt like who cares if they have my data because I have nothing to hide and I have nothing so who cares and I wrote I was a copywriter for big data companies for six months <laughs> uh-huh. would write 10,000 words a day about big data and still couldn't understand why I'm like who gives a fuck yeah. unless you yeah. have money but now I feel like now it's uh, very easy but this was like five years ago I had no fucking clue yeah and it was my job to know so it I didn't guess I'm bad at my job it didn't make sense. we all have you're other a true shit journalist going on. <laughs> right like, yeah. yeah no I I do say there's a great frontline documentary you just look up frontline Facebook on YouTube it's all up there mm-hmm. that uh there's a journalist on there who's like the first person to like request a copy of his data from Facebook yeah. and realized how much was being logged mm-hmm. another good journalist mm-hmm. yeah solid play because again I was the same way I didn't pay any attention to what yeah. was happening. I did right. not care no. when Iota. There was shit t- going on. Yeah. yeah. And when you're taking like, I don't know, like especially in the era that was super asinine where you're like, you've got bumper stickers and <laughs> there's you're taking quizzes all the time. And you're like, well, what would people do with this information? And now I can't watch Bandersnatch without being like, they're taking my opinions yeah. on Frosted Flakes and the selling them. Because this is the shit. next. What's good? Yeah. yeah. Right. TV's now going to sell me personalized ads. <laughs> well, and I, I do think Netflix is making a big mistake with like focusing on like, ah, oh, this many people watched the fucking Bird Box movies. Like, well, yeah. They, it's successful as Black Panther. No, because nobody had to pay. Yeah, yeah. No, no one, one would have paid. seen. Forty five million. million. Yeah. Seven dollars yeah. at the box office. Not making money yeah. at Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forty five so million people saw a cumulative yeah. eighteen minutes of Bird Box where they were cooking, <laughs> checking their phone, and pooping. Anyway, so, what? Like, what are the rules of this world? Why? <laughs> yeah. They put birds in a box, guys, and yeah. I think that that makes it worth our time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do think that that quote from the TechCrunch interview maps out Mark's ideology pretty well. The world wants to be more connected. His only job is delivering that connectivity. And as long as Facebook is connecting more people faster, he does not need to worry about anything else. This was mapped out even more eloquently by the company Motto based on a quote by Mark himself. Hmm. Move fast and break things. Mm -hmm. Unless you are breaking stuff, you aren't moving fast enough. Now, the uh, title of this episode, (sighs) part two, is Move Fast. And the title of part three... (gasps) Is break things. Oh, he does both. We'll be talking about that little genocide. (laughs) That's the way I live my life. Ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Nothing. The way a lot of people have ended their lives now. (laughs) 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 Ha (laughs) ha. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha.
Uh-huh. Now, uh, it is important to understand that at every level, Facebook, the organization, is programmed to work this way. I'd like to quote from a great CNBC article with the revealing title, Inside Facebook's cult-like workplace where dissent is discouraged and employees pretend to be happy all the time. Solid title. Really, really lays it all out. It. Like yeah. really, it sounds like a, one of those really long Fiona Apple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, ooh. You're about to tell me a lot of stuff, yeah. Fiona. I'm ready. Quote. Employees feel pressure to place the company above all else in their lives, fall in line with their manager's orders, and force cordiality with their colleagues so that they can advance. Several former employees liken the culture to a cult. This culture has contributed to the company's well-publicized wave of scandals over the last two years, such as government spreading misinformation to try to influence elections and the misuse of private user data, according to many people who work there during this period. They say Facebook might have caught some of these problems sooner if employees were encouraged to deliver honest feedback. But you can't deliver honest feedback if you're moving fast and breaking shit. Oh, well, right. you can't deliver honest feedback with a fucking katana at yeah. your neck either. Well, and also, why would you tell someone, I think this product that we're about to launch might break something if you're part of half of your job is to break things. Right. right. You're encouraged to. Right. Yeah. right. In Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook, employees rate each other and then managers give them final grades that determine whether or not they'll be promoted, fired, or given raises. <laughs> He never learns a lesson. Ne- never, ever, ever. Never, ever, ever. I've quoted Bojack Horseman once before in this show, but How another one you? of the truest <laughs> fucking things that show ever pointed out. It's mm-hmm. One of the characters is an agent saying that the age in which you get rich is the age in which your growth is forever stunted. So if yeah. you're rich at 20, mm-hmm. you're 20 forever. Yes, Damn. that is very true. 100% yeah. accurate. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. Buy a shirt God. at Public so that <laughs> I can stop aging at age 30 and by my own blimp. That seems oh, reasonable. Yeah, I that's a good, good age to stop. I'm, yeah, I'm, still I'm, optimistic. I'm and... mature enough. Yeah. Uh, you want to have a light bulb fight after but this? I've got like, some vodka. lose that light bulb stealing spirit. I'm not keeping the light bulbs. I just like the way they shatter when you throw them at people. That's better. You're right. <laughs> yeah, You're right. It's, it's way better. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking these light bulbs. I don't want them. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> cricket. Uh-huh. I don't need your judgment, Maggie. <laughs> Robert, do you do this in groups or, or solo? Yeah, I do it in wait. groups. No, can I we throw, join? I them at oh, okay. Yeah, it's a fun I'll thing. I'll come along next yeah. time. Yeah. I don't, there's, this, this could go a lot of... Dr- if you're doing it alone, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Just drunkenly throwing light bulbs at strangers. No, I throw light bulbs at people I love. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a usual It's a you show love. of affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, this sounds very Just ethical. like at the ground next to them so it like it's like a little puff it's fun like firecracker I didn't do this to be judged okay I'm not sorry oh, well. you did it to feel <laughs> something it's gonna be, gonna be a great behind the bastards you can be on unethical me. and still be illegal that's <laughs> the way I live my life <laughs> 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 what if I prefer to be ethical but illegal right oh, yeah. there you go yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the right yeah. that's the right yeah. course yeah treat people well break the law In laws aren't people so. mm. yeah now so, employees rate each other. Managers give them final grades that determine whether or not they'll be promoted, fired, or given raises. These My grades Lord. are issued by quota, so managers are pressured to underrate perfectly good employees just because the quota of good employees has already been met. It sounds Sick. like a stressful mess. The article goes into substantial detail about the review process. This quote in particular stood out to me. Quote, These twice-yearly reviews encourage employees to be particularly productive around June and December, working nights and weekends as they race to impress bosses before reviews, which are typically completed in August and February. It's especially true in December, the half Facebook predominantly uses to determine which employees will receive promotions. This rush causes employees to focus on short-term goals and push out features that drive user engagement and improve their own metrics without fully considering the potential long-term negative impacts on user experience or privacy, multiple former employees said. 
Wow. Move fast. Wow. Break the world. Oof. Wow. It sounds like a guy that's too dumb to run a company. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like 20-year-olds shouldn't have much responsibility. Ooh. Yeah. He was he was stunted at like- At like age 20. Yeah. yeah. At age 19, 20. 20. Something uh-huh. like that. Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Learned something all the time from that show about the sad horse. About the sad horse. Wow. Sad depressed horse show. The, the depressed horse show has some, has some truth in it. It's mm. true. Yeah. And horses are inherently sad. You never see Kinda, a horse yeah. living on land and like looking happy. No. You ever seen a it's horse die? Bum. Yes. Me too. <gasps> oh no. Sad. Yeah, Wolf is the great. same horse. <laughs> <laughs> Both there. Robert <laughs> <laughs> and I were like, we killed a horse. Yeah. <laughs> we, Jamie Loftus and I murdered a horse. And <laughs> Have a light bulb. <laughs> You're not gonna believe how we became horse. <laughs> In our defense, the horse started it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cricket. Very Cricket. sad horse. <laughs> 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 So, uh, Mark Zuckerberg has never wasted much time worrying about the consequences of his actions. He's more of an ask-questions-later kind of guy. And as he aged into a tech titan, Mark Zuckerberg remained pretty cavalier about people's privacy. This would all come to a dangerous head for the first time in 2007 with a Facebook product called Beacon. I would like to quote from a book titled, appropriately enough, Move Fast and Break Things, which is a really good book about all of these monsters. But not just Zucky Zuck. Like all Silicon Valley growth? Yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. This was essentially an alert system that told your friends you had purchased something on a partner site. It was built as an opt-out system, so you had to actively tell Facebook each time you didn't want the site to broadcast your purchase to all your friends. It was a total disaster from the outset, but Zuckerberg was so confident that he knew better than his users that he refused to turn it off for many weeks while the PR disaster escalated. Eventually, he relented and posted a mea culpa on his blog, saying, We've made a lot of mistakes building this feature, but we've made even more with how we've handled them. Despite Zuckerberg's uh, regret and a payment of $9.5 million for a class action suit over Beacon, many who worked with him feel he doesn't really understand privacy. Charlie Cheever, one of his key programmers, told Kirkpatrick, who's some guy, I feel that Mark doesn't believe in privacy that much, or at least believes in privacy as a stepping stone to radical transparency. Wow. He, the way he put out that press release is the same way he talked to the guy that he fucked over. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. like, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I did something wrong here. I did something so wrong here. Go away. So Stop go looking away. So go away. Here's money. It well, means hey. nothing to me. Yeah. It never has. Who cares? I've always been rich and always will be. Yeah. We'll have it resolved within the year, parentheses, <laughs> year. <laughs> year. 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 Yes. Year. <laughs> now, radical transparency is a buzz term Mark brings up whenever he needs a a high-minded ideological justification for doing precisely whatever the fuck he wants. In 2012, whatever the fuck he wants included fucking with people's emotions just to see if that was possible. Here is a quote from the hilariously named PNAS Scientific Journal, and it's P-N-A-S, but what else could I call it? Oh, bless their hearts. It's the penis journal. It's a very it's, serious uh, scientific journal. It's the big dick dirt journal. <laughs> the wow. big swinging dick of science. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in which way is swinging the dick of science? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all got slapped with science and swinging dick on this one. If you don't go with the swings, you're going to get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> Here's penis. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, nice. <laughs> In an experiment with people who use Facebook, we test whether emotional contagion occurs outside of in-person interaction between individuals by reducing the amount of emotional content in the newsfeed. When positive expressions were reduced, people produced fewer positive posts and more negative posts. When negative expressions were reduced, the opposite pattern occurred. These results indicate that the emotions expressed by others on Facebook influence our own emotions, constituting experimental evidence for massive-scale contagion via social networks. 
AKA, uh, we used Facebook to see if we could make people sad. Uh, and we can! And it works! It works! <laughs> now, the researchers who carried out this study had previously studied real life social networks to, you know, to study the same sort of emotional contagion, but with like actual groups of friends mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, your buddy's sad, she calls you, he calls you, and you, you know, you get sad too. Um, this is the way people have always worked. They then went to Facebook to see if the social network was down to play guinea pig with its users. Facebook totally was. They and their researchers found, quote, emotional states can be transferred to others via emotional contagion, leading people to experience the same emotions without their awareness. In other words, they proved that emotional states like anger or hopelessness could be spread via Facebook. Facebook proved this by determining what kinds of content got pushed to the timelines of each of its users, effectively manipulating their emotions just to see if it was possible. People got angry. Facebook responded with faux regret, and Mark Zuckerberg kept pretty quiet about this whole thing. But if you followed the guy's history and intellectual development, you can understand why an experiment like this would be pretty in line with his past behavior. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. another cool. like woman versus cow situation. Right. It's yeah. like, like, ooh, yeah. if one girl is deemed uh, unhot, then other people will agree unhot, yeah. and right, and then we'll just reshape what is hot. Yeah. 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 So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, what else is fun is products, also services, consumable items that mm-hmm. you can spend money on and then have in your home. The big swinging dick of capitalism. The big, yeah. big of the swinging dicks. Mm-hmm. Or the one the hanging labia. The hanging labia. The heavy labia of all capitalism. All wonderful women CEOs so who seem to love other you, women and care you, about people. If you want to support the heavy swinging labia that support this show, buy these products. <laughs> The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. We're back! Maggie Mae Fish just mm. said something through a mouthful of Doritos. I did. Uh, I'm about to do the same. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wait, mm. oh, oh man. Better than a swinging labia. Mm. I'd rather lick these. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in June 2013, while Facebook was in the midst of playing with their users' emotions, Glenn Greenwald published an article to The Guardian based on Edward Snowden's releases. Mm. The article revealed that the National Security Agency had been given access to huge amounts of data from Facebook, Google, Apple, and several other major internet companies. When Mark Zuckerberg was asked about Glenn Greenwald's article, he said, frankly, the government blew it and lamented that the state had done a bad job of protecting privacy. Hmm. Huh. Pretty bold, Mark! Wow. Pretty bold! Like a wide <laughs> swing. Uh, you know what? Just because it's so bold, I'll give him that one. Oh, I'll give him that wide one. Swing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, in March of 2015, The Guardian broke what would turn out to be a critically important story. Millions of Americans' personal data had been harvested through a Facebook app without their knowledge and handed off to a little company called Cambridge Analytica. In an interview Mark Zuckerberg gave with Recode in 2018, he swore that as soon as Facebook was alerted to the harvesting of their user data by Cambridge Analytica's Alexander Kogan, quote, we immediately shut down the app, took away his profile, and demanded certification that the data was deleted. However, further reporting from The Guardian showed that Facebook <laughs> didn't suspend Kogan or Cambridge Analytica until March of 2018, like two or three months before the interview in which Zuckerberg swore they'd banned his ass back in 2015. Yeah. Now, I'd say it has been proven beyond much doubt that Mark Zuckerberg's attitude about the value of other people's privacy has not changed much since the days when he stole people's pictures to build an app where kids could vote on which of their female classmates was hotter than a cow. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we know how Mark Zuckerberg and the other Facebook top brass really feel about the value of their users' privacy. Last year, the British government released an enormous cache of internal company emails to the public. The data included this bit from 2012. I'm going to quote Recode's fantastic coverage, and Kara Swisher with Recode has done some of the best reporting on Mark Zuckerberg Ooh. and the best holding of his in the uh, in the frontline oh, documentary. Oh, is that her? When he's sweating <gasps> oh, and like yes. that's that is She's a must see. Fucking great. Yeah. Kara Swisher is a yeah, great okay. journalist yeah. doing really good shit in the tech industry. Uh -huh. Of the tech out. journalists, she's like she, mm -hmm. she's she's solid. Excellent. Um, I'm going to quote Recode's coverage. In 2012, Zuckerberg suggested that Facebook charge some outside developers for accessing and collecting data on users through the company's APIs, software that allows Facebook to share data with other apps. If we make it so devs can generate revenue for us in different ways, that makes it more acceptable for us to charge them quite a bit more for using the platform, Zuckerberg wrote. He suggested that developers could offset these charges by spending money on Facebook ads. Now, Facebook said they didn't actually go through with that, but the fact that Mark Zuckerberg himself suggested doing the same thing Cambridge Analytica would do three years later suggests he probably was not that offended by the concept. Ah. Mark published a Facebook post to address this and other revelations. Quote, 
Like any organization, we had a lot of internal discussion and people raised different ideas. Ultimately, we decided on a model where we continued to provide the developer platform for free and developers could choose to buy ads if they wanted. This model has worked well. Other ideas we considered but decided against included charging developers for usage of our platform, similar to how developers pay to use Amazon, AWS, or Google Cloud. To be clear, that's different from selling people's data. We've never sold anyone's data. But it kind of sounds like that's exactly what Facebook did. Here's Recode. Quote, in some cases, Facebook granted other businesses like Netflix and Lyft special permission to access information that other companies didn't have. So they didn't yeah. sell data directly, mm -hmm. but people who paid Facebook a shitload in ad dollars got access to more user data, which they didn't pay for, but they got access to because they were paying more money right. to Facebook, which is different from paying for data because... A lawyer can argue that. Right. Yeah. Totally. Well, when and you lay it out like that, I will say, it makes perfect it's sense. It's legally distinct uh -huh. from selling access to people's data. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it is in a court of law until it's proven not. Hopefully, when we get until, the guillotines up. Yeah, it's like until mm -hmm. the yeah. laws need to be made to make the distinction yeah. clear. Yeah. To make it a crime, what they did, which yeah. I think is it ethically, it's like a, a crime in the hearts of any decent person. But right. anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we know how Zucky feels about ethics. Zucky Zuck. Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 oh, we know okay. how he lives his life, ha-ha. <laughs> so uh, that article also revealed that companies that Facebook found threatening to their bottom line had their access to user data restricted. Quote, hmm. when Twitter launched the video service Vine in 2012, Facebook cut off access to its friend graph. That meant users who signed up for Vine with their Facebook account couldn't see and connect with all of their Facebook friends inside Vine, an ability that would have theoretically helped Vine create a network much faster. Yeah. I don't feel well, that sorry for Twitter either, but, you know, it's yeah, just true. crap. God, I mean, imagine, I mean, and Vine still managed to happen. Yeah. yeah. In spite of it, it all, yeah. the Paul brothers are thriving. You know what, though? Vine the is how Paul. Alex Jones finally flamed out, and I'm... I'll always be grateful for that. Oh, really? We, I yeah, that he was vining when he was on Capitol Hill oh, shouting that's at people. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was very sad mm -hmm. to see, huh? Mm. In a good way. That was, that was a fun day. That was a fun day watching the news. <laughs> yeah. Now, the emails that have been revealed make it clear that Zuck's issue was never with the selling of data. He doesn't give one fuck about that. He did seem to care a lot about the fact that he wasn't able to charge people to steal his customers' data. In another email Zuckerberg sent in 2012, he complained that, quote, not charging still means people will overuse and abuse our APIs and waste money for us. I think we should implement some kind of program where you have to pay if you use too many of our resources. So, by 2015, there was a lot of shady stuff out in the world about Mark Zuckerberg, but the lion's share of the coverage of the man and his brain baby was still unfailingly positive. Mm -hmm. That 2015 Business Insider article that I keep gleefully quoting is only one example of a big fat pile of similar content. Articles about Mark during this period tended to emphasize his casual dress and down-to-earth personality. Many included a quote from Tyler Winklevoss, stating that Mark is the poorest-looking rich guy he's ever seen. Since Tyler Winklevoss was literally <laughs> born a millionaire, I'm not super trusting that he's a good judge of how poor people look. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. What? This is... Oh, Wait, He wears a hoodie and not a $9,000 suit. <laughs> Wait, Boss. Boss is like, well, the, not to make too fine a point on it, but Mark Zuckerberg looks like shit. And he looks like, like the guy who fixed woof. my toilet the one time that the rich person plumber wasn't available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another quote from that fantastic Business Insider article. But despite his billions, <laughs> Zuck seems incredibly Never, down to earth. Despite his Yay! billions, you can't do that. He holds regular town hall style Q&A sessions where he chats with regular people from all around the world. I want to show you guys a shot oh from one that took God. place in May. Maggie, I think you're the person to describe this. Uh, do you just want a clip of me crying? <laughs> uh, uh, 
Uh, he's just a man of the people. <laughs> man of the people, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, he, you know, my God. He's just beating people to... He knows our struggles. <sighs> Someone's doing a shaka. Someone's sure for sure fight. doing a shaka. I did oh read during God. this time, he was like posting on Facebook about all his meetings. Uh, and there's a post where he realizes uh, in real time that slavery still has lasting impacts. Yeah. And, you know. We really got to watch him grow up. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, real how many, sad. How many of those people do you think are wax statues? <laughs> he keeps just, just one, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I will note that there are not very many black men in the audience, no. but one of the few is right next I, to Mark. That's, arm uh, around him. Yeah, the ones that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how they asked that in the yeah. room, but somehow they got him to come to the front yeah. uh, and surround Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. 2015 would be Mark Zuckerberg's last full year as being seen as mostly a good guy by the outside world. The 2016 election brought questions of fake news and Russian propaganda being spread through the social network. I've wanted to ground these episodes as much as possible on Mark Zuckerberg the man before we get into the terrible consequences of some of his actions. Because the fact of the matter is that Facebook is a tool and a tool someone was going to build at some point. There is no version of networked humanity where we don't end up with something like this at some point. But Mark Zuckerberg is the first guy who got it right. And as a result, his personal characteristics have had a huge impact on how this colossus has impacted the world. Now tomorrow, in part three, we're going to discuss exactly how Facebook, a Mark Zuckerberg production, has changed our world. Throughout parts one and two, we've talked about him moving fast. In part three, we're going to talk about what he broke. So, everybody... Yeah. Ready? Let's do it. You got you oh, got a plug a pluggable. Okay. Uh, oh, oh dear. Oh. Uh, well, uh, you can find me on uh, Zuckerberg platform Instagram mm-hmm. at Jamie Cry Superstar. Uh, you can find me on on Jack's website mm-hmm. at Jamie mm-hmm. Loves His Help and listen to the Bechdel cast on uh, Tim's platform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of man's names yeah. <laughs> owning a lot of the internet. Uh, yeah, you can also find me on all these uh, male-dominated spaces uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Maggie Bay Fish. Yeah. You can find me inside of any bag of Doritos you buy because oh, therein yummy. my spirit resides. Mm. Haunting. You can wow. find us on uh, on the gram <laughs> and on Twitter at, at @bastardspot. You can find us on the internet at behindthebastards.com. Do that. We're on every Tuesday. We sell T-shirts on Tee Public. We sell cups. We sell uh, posters, stickers. We sell. They're not technically living sentient beings, but they've been engineered to serve you, uh, and they don't have any legal rights yet, so it's fine. So yeah, all of that on Tee Public. That sounds on the up and up. On the up and up. Yeah. Right. Yep. The episode tomorrow. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. 
The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 